on Date with the Night, and joining me today is a very special guest, someone who I've been following on Instagram since forever and whose meme art provides witty and hilarious critique on internet phenomenons, pop culture, and counterculture of the past and present. I'm so stoked to be talking to Joelle Bouchard, aka Namaste at Home Dad. How are you today, Joelle? Weirdly hyper. Oh, same. same. I'm trying to tone it down, but not too much. No, don't tone it down. <laughs> Tone it up for us. Actually, today I woke up and it's like so gross weather-wise in Toronto, like super dark and gloomy. And I was just feeling so bummed out. And I've been going through your page again today to prepare for today's episode and literally laughing my ass off. Like it literally brought my spirits up. So I'm glad we're doing this episode today so I can feel more alive, so I can laugh. So super excited to have you on the pod. I will do my best to make sure that happens for you. You just have like this incredible innate talent to have your finger on the pulse of what's current and what's interesting to kind of make commentary of. How did you start Namaste at Home Dad? Well, first of all, thanks for saying that. It feels really good to hear someone else say that and not just like me telling myself that to like feel good about myself. No, it's the truth. (laughs) Thank you. So I've always been into memes, but I wasn't fully aware of any sort of meme community. And I feel like when I first started, there wasn't much of one. But also at the time, like I had just gotten off of drugs. Like I was like a heroin addict at that point for seven years. And I was probably like about a year clean. And during that time, I just really wasn't online. Like people always ask what my Tumblr was. Didn't even have one. For that period of time, I was just out for the count. Back in the day, probably around the same era that your page is based around, MySpace era, I would make these fake accounts. I would take people from our school and edit them to be in like really weird situations. Like it wasn't offensive or mean or anything, even though actually the one page was literally called mean, (laughs) but it wasn't. I don't know. I just always had so much fun, like making bullshit on Microsoft Paint. And then this guy who doesn't deserve any credit really for anything, but he introduced me to 4chan and was a typical 4chaner, which is why he doesn't deserve credit for anything. Introduced (laughs) me to memes. Like I remember that day I was on like my grandfather who was living with us, his old computer. And he just started sending me these. I'm like, wow, these are so funny. What are these? He's like, they're called memes. I made a little folder. I would like add funny memes to the folder. I started my page March 22nd, 2016, because I remember I started it. Basically, I had this really weird experience where I had like a precognitive dream. Like I dreamed a week's worth of events that didn't have anything to do with the meme page. And then at the end of it, I swear to God, oh my God, I'm going to sound psychotic, whatever. Now you've got me hooked. I got to hear the rest of it. So basically I'm about to say that I swear to God, I was like, there was an alien in my room. <laughs> it went on for hours. I was awake. Like I've practiced lucid dreaming. I know how to get myself out of sleep paralysis and like check to see that I'm in reality. Like I could look at my phone. I could move all this shit. But then I started the meme account four days after that. So I know it was March 22nd, 2016. I don't even remember what inspired me to do it. I think I just like wanted to make a meme and I wanted to send it to my friends. And then I posted it online and everyone really liked it. And somebody sent me this group called Useless, Unsuccessful, and or Unpopular Memes, which fuck that group, actually. <laughs> There's a lot of drama with Facebook groups. There is. Someone introduced me to that group and it was a pretty big, it had like a few hundred thousand followers at the time. The rules were you could post like three a day and they wanted them to be unique, not like a meme trend. And I remember the first one I made was some kind of like 9-11 conspiracy about like Harambe and Tupac (laughs) and Biggie. I don't even fucking know. But I remember it got like a ton of likes and a ton of shares, even like compared to the group. Like it was like one of the most successful posts in the group thus far. And I was like, oh shit, cool. I want to do this again. That felt good. 
So then I made another one and that one also blew up. And it went on for like a few months where I'd make like the maximum three a day and I'd post them in there and like they would all do really well. But then after like even just like a couple of weeks, they'd have my memes up for like a day and then they would delete them. Like after they were shared all over the place, I'd be like, yay, this is doing so well. And then it's just they're completely gone. Why would they delete them? It's going to sound kind of like cocky or something, but I swear that this fucking happened. Okay. There was a ton of admins. And I was messaging them. I'm like, why are you deleting my memes? Like, they don't break any rules. And they're and I don't remember what they were saying, but they are just kind of like giving me the runaround. And then they added a rule that said, the admins are jealous of your memes. We're allowed to delete them for no reason. Like, it literally says what? that. I swear. And like, I'm sure it was wow. happening with a few other people too. Like, I'm not going to like take full credit for that. What sore losers. Oh my God. That's such a stupid rule. It's funny because like, there's so many people on Facebook that- a lot of them are like socialists, but they run their Facebook groups like Kim Jong-un coming <laughs> off of like an Adderall binge on an empty stomach. No, it's true. They get drunk off the Facebook group admin power. And yeah. I don't know. They have like Reddit moderators, which like, I don't even want to come in. I don't even want to deal with that. That seems way <laughs> scarier. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I just got tired of that happening. Like they started doing it to all my memes. I'm like, fuck. And there's this guy that had a huge crush on me in high school. He was a little weird, like a little obsessive. And then for some reason, like right out of high school, he got like a really good job. He was like assistant to the vice president of like Jive Records and had all these like insane connections. And like he hit me up just to like check in. And I told him about like, oh, I'm like making these memes and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, get yourself hot and I'll find someone to manage you. And I'm like, what do you mean hot? And he's like, no, I just mean like popular. I'm like, oh, okay. And he was bragging about how he knew fuck Jerry, which like, you know, in the meme community, he's, people kind of use that name as like a slur. Like, Yeah, because he's like a mostly a repost page, I think, that didn't always give credit in the beginning. Yeah, exactly. Now he does, but before he would just take other people's names and like wipe out their watermark and repost them. That's why people had such a problem with it. Yeah. And then like made millions of dollars off of it. So like, you know, that yeah. probably plays into it too. <laughs> How did you eventually start the account on Instagram and come up with that brilliant name, by the way? My personal Instagram name was Namaste at Home Mom. And when I started the page, I wanted to be completely anonymous. And I don't really like to admit this, but it's true. I was a little insecure about the fact that I was like a woman mm -hmm. attempting to like get into a comedic field. I feel like I'm pretty established in the, in the meme world. You and are. I, like, proven myself but i still get people messaging me like you know you're really funny for a girl oh god first of all men are not that funny <laughs> all the best meme creators for the most part are girls so like why are you still saying that i don't know like that mentality still exists i was just aware of that but i, I don't like that i like played into it but then i got my first comment probably like two weeks in i don't remember what i said but i think someone thought i was like making fun of women and they said something like, girls could never be this funny. And then so the next post, I posted a selfie and I was like, well, actually, <laughs> fuck that. The way I came up with the name. So there was like a few other options I had. One of them was like K-Hole Kardashian, which like, I feel like at this point though, I wouldn't like it that much. I would think it seemed like kind of like played out. I love Namaste at Home Dad. It's genius in my opinion. So Thanks. And I don't know why the dad somehow rings better than mom. Because of also like gender roles that exist. Like stay at home dads are funnier, sorry. When I made the account, I wasn't really necessarily, especially if you look at my earlier content, I would make memes about 
anything. Like I didn't care if I didn't think anyone would know what I was talking about or if it was like too obscure or like whatever. <laughs> Still like I knew there were certain things that I found funny that I would be making jokes about. Obviously now like six or maybe seven, even though that's disgusting to me. <laughs> Years later, I do have like somewhat of a brand. Like I feel yeah. like it just got a little more exclusive and curated. Yeah. So when I first made the page, the namaste at home joke didn't exist yet. It's not something I think I'm necessarily like responsible for. I think you are. If you can't say it, I'll say it. I'll accept that. Because I checked, you know, like, I don't know. I'm really big on original content. Just for me personally, that's just like yeah. a standard I set for myself. I don't care if something is played out. Like, doesn't make me not enjoy it anymore. But if I'm putting content out there, I want it to be something original. What is originality in the year 2023? Like, it's hard to do, but like, it's an original spin on something, et cetera, et cetera. But I just remember having my page for like two years and walking into Cotton On. I don't know how- Cotton On? I- <laughs> do you know what it is? No. It's kind of- <laughs> Explain it. I have no idea, but I'm intrigued by the name. I had never seen it before until I moved to Florida. And they had a bunch of them in like Florida. I think they might have had some in Atlanta. But it's like a mall clothing store chain. And it's like pretty cheap basics. It's like if Brandy Melville like wasn't fat phobic and like <laughs> simultaneously less cute, unfortunately. I feel like Brandy Melville is the American apparel of this generation. It's annoying because like their clothes are cheap and they're cute and they fit me. But it's like, I feel like I'm contributing to fat phobia just by being in You're always contributing to something problematic when you go shopping for clothing, so I wouldn't sweat it too much. That's a good point. You remember in Mean Girls when they go in that dress store and it's like all like two, four, six? Yeah. What no? It's one, three, five. I feel like it's supposed to kind of be a poke at like oh, high fashion only caters to people of smaller sizes. But this store is like it's one size fits all. It literally is, and the sizes like I think it's like two to four. They've done all the shit that like Abercrombie was accused of doing and did. Yeah. But are just like, yeah, we're doing that. So what? Speaking of American apparel, I feel like it's weird that I've even had this thought, but like we were talking before the podcast and we were talking about like Dove Charney. It's like both of us we don't like the guy. Bad guy. I'm not trying to say anything positive about him or anything he's done. But like American apparel is like how I realized I was hot because, (laughs) and it's also how I realized that like being hot is a total fucking sham and it's not something to take seriously at all. Because halfway through freshman year of high school, I was still wearing like baggy band t-shirts and like baggy jeans and like whatever. And then I remember I went to American apparel like halfway through my freshman year and I bought, and I still have this pair of pants, these royal blue yoga pants. I got those and like another pair of yoga pants and like some like tight top. And I swear to fucking God, like after I wore that to school, like the first day I wore it, everyone changed how they treated me. Like suddenly I was hot. I was like, this is ridiculous. It was really that easy. (laughs) I didn't know what American apparel was. Like obviously I saw people wearing American apparel clothes online and I knew of this particular style, but I didn't know it was attributed to American apparel until my first year of university. I was part of a sketch comedy troupe and to promote our shows, we had a American apparel themed photo shoot. So I showed up looking like a raver and they're like, you didn't understand the assignment. Like (laughs) Fair assessment though. I was very late to the game. Like I grew up in a suburb outside of Toronto, so I didn't have an American apparel within reach. So I saw the clothing online, but I didn't connect the two. So they didn't have their like brand written all over their clothing like most other popular brands did at the time. No, and that's what I liked about it. I was like, oh, they don't just like bombard you with it. I hate words on clothes. I hate logos. I hate brand. Like get that away. Get it off. 
That's what they got right is the no logos and the fact that like if you bought stuff between 2006 and 2010, the clothing has stood the test of time. It really has. I still have all my clothes from that time. Yeah, I have a lot of them too. So I was looking at your Instagram bio and it reads as channeling my absurd lived experiences to make jokes about hyper-specific counterculture stuff for some reason. Like, when did you realize your life experiences would lend themselves so expertly and hilariously to creating content that really resonates with people and makes them laugh or engage with a piece of media more critically? Like, when did you realize this? I'm always a little hesitant to say this because I don't want to come off as, like, self-righteous. Like, I'm just such an authentic person. You know how fake (laughs) people are nowadays. That being said, like, I feel like I've never had a problem being myself and part of that is like very vocal and I don't really censor myself, but I still think I have a good feel for the general vibe and not like disrupting it so much as to like, I don't care what's going on. We're just going to make this all about me right now. Like Mm -hmm. I want the validation from being funny. My whole life, I've always just connected with all different types of people from all different walks of life. And it's like, yeah, I think I'm going to like take a little walk with you down whatever your life is and like see what's going on. I think I've always been really reckless. And if something sounds like fun or interesting, like I'm going to throw myself headfirst in that situation because I want the experience. I don't really get like scared or nervous to do it. Part of it has to do with the fact that I was like a hardcore drug addict for like 10 years. You just end up being in a bunch of insane situations and hanging out with people in places that you otherwise wouldn't. I think I've just had a lot of like interesting experiences that not only a lot of people have not experienced, but also a lot of people have, but maybe don't talk about too much. Yeah. Like they do talk about with their friends, but still outside of their friend group, maybe feel a little not generally like understood or seen by the rest of the world. Yeah. There's like that sentiment of like, nobody wants to hear about your dreams. Like I love to hear other people's stories, but I just feel like it's common for people to be like, I wasn't here. This doesn't apply to me. I don't really care what happened to you. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm always rattling off about something that happened to me that I think is interesting and entertaining. I held myself back, I think, when I was younger a little bit in that sense, because I'm like, nobody cares to hear all this. Like, I'm not trying to make it all about me. I always thought my life was like really crazy and weird, but I'm like, I'm sure everybody thinks that. But then I realized like, I would tell these stories and people would also be as interested as like, I thought the story was interesting or like and entertained by it. And I realized after like building my platform and having all these strangers, people I don't know connected to me, hearing me tell these stories, they're like, uh, your life is fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> that's just so annoying saying that though. No, 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 no. It's true. It comes through in your memes. And like, I don't know if you read Hipster Runoff back in the day. I didn't keep up with it day to day, but you know, I did read the blog here and there. And in some ways your memes feel reminiscent of that. But like I think you're a lot nicer actually and less cynical and like fairer in your approach. And like you also like poke fun at musicians like Grimes, but also acknowledge that you're a fan of her music. And I think that's where the relatability comes in there. You know what I mean? Like you obviously have some appreciation for this artist, but you also recognize that there's funny things that they do. People misinterpret that sometimes. It's not that big of an issue, but it does bother me a little bit because sometimes I'll get DMs from people or comments saying like, I love how cynical you are. Like, oh, I love how you hate the same things that I do. And they'll say it in response to something. I'm like, this meme is about me. This meme is about my friends. Like, 
why do you think I know so much about this subject if I haven't fully experienced it and understand it myself? A lot of people have a hard time understanding that making fun of something does not mean that you're saying it is bad. Yeah. I can kind of get it just because there are a lot of comedians out there. But like when they do it, they're not funny. Like Dave Chappelle making fun of trans people. Oh, yeah, I know. His punchline is just like, trans people existing, huh? That's weird. Yeah. I don't really like that. Like, that's not a joke. It's not funny. It's not funny. And his comedy is just so bad now. I, it's I, like, depressing. I, yeah, it is depressing. Let's say offensiveness aside, it's just not even good comedy. Like, what's the fucking joke? Yeah. But like a lot of comedians do that. There's a lot of people that agree with them. So they're like, this is a comedy show. This guy is saying what I think. I'm going to laugh and say it's funny. But there's nothing even there. It's just yeah. like this thing, right? Ha ha. Whereas like my jokes, it's like I kind of make caricatures. I'm just trying to like paint things in extremes to like, I was going to say, make you see the truth behind them. But it doesn't have to be the truth. It's just like one of the truths, like my interpretation and clearly a lot of other people's because they'll like like it and agree with it and see things the same way. I forget what philosopher said this. It was like one of the earliest philosophers related with comedy. Comedy kind of always has a victim. Yeah. There's always something or someone that's being made fun of. And like the few examples that I can think of where that's not the case, like Mitch Hedberg or something, Mm -hmm. he's making himself the victim. Yeah, he's the punchline. He makes himself sound like dumb, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Like, I care about being funny and entertaining people. Like, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. Well, people's feelings get hurt really easily, especially when it comes to pop culture or their favorite artists. Like, they can't even poke fun at their own idols. Like, they don't see them as these, like, imperfect people. They see them as these gods, in a sense. So it makes it hard to sometimes poke fun at some of these celebrities. Like, that actually was my next question. It's like, I see in the comments, like, people loving your memes and stuff like that. But then every now and then there's someone who's, like, so I made fun of something that they like. Yeah. Like, you're allowed to make fun of all the things that I don't like. But now that you've made something that I – because, like, I think I make a lot of memes where people could fit in that category, but they can come up with excuses. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I kind of am this person, but they can convince themselves that they're not. So they can let that slide. But every once in a while, I'll make a meme that's like, you can't escape. Like, you know that you identify with this and then you're offended. Yeah. But it's like, you're approaching this the wrong way. Like, I can't tell people how to think or feel or like approach comedy or like not get too caught up in like tying physical characteristics or attributes or the way they dress or the music they listen to to their egos as much as they do. But one of my favorite memes of yours is that one where it's like when you're standing outside the Urban Outfitters dressing room waiting for the employee to notice you and you realize Passion Pit's sleepyhead is playing overhead at a reasonable volume. That's a bop. And she's got like the septum piercing. Like, I don't know what you call those hats. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, this could be me too. Like, I've been hanging exactly. out in an Urban Outfitters and been like, oh, yeah, I like this song. It's roast comedy. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like. When people watch like roast of whoever on Comedy Central, like those people are saying the meanest shit they could think of, but it's hilarious. And you understand in that context that like it's meant to be funny. Like these people don't hate that person. Yeah. The same people who watch that and understand that in that context, they read memes and suddenly like it just doesn't equate. They're like, are you bullying this person? Like, is this supposed to be mean? Like, do you hate this thing? It's like, no, it's it's roast comedy, just like in a different form. It doesn't even have to be specific. It could be just like, you don't like a certain band. It doesn't resonate with you. And someone will take that so very personally. Anytime I mention a musician, people get upset. Yeah. 
that meme that you just brought up, the girl in that meme, somebody who followed me was like the girl whose picture you used in that meme reposted and was like, someone made a meme using my picture. And it's not even funny. Like, I don't get it. I thought it was really funny. <laughs> it is funny. I don't care. And it's not even me. It's not mean. I think it's something that's like people don't like to admit that they do or they feel like pointing it out. They feel like a little like embarrassed. Yeah. Like it's like a little cringy or something it's like everyone does this like who cares well if you can't make fun of yourself it's like exactly i've had some people be like oh how come you don't ever like make memes about yourself you make memes about everyone else but not you i'm like i do you just didn't realize it actually someone said it on a meme where i was making fun of myself i'm like this is your problem yeah sometimes people will be like why don't you have a certain band on your playlist and like i can appreciate the artist but i don't like the band so they're not on my playlist yeah But I can't even say that because if I say that, then it's like they feel so hurt. They feel like I'm saying I don't like them by not liking the artist that they like. And it's like, no, it's not that deep. It's just I don't resonate with it. Like, oh, my God, with Harry Styles. Like, (laughs) is there any time I say that I just respect him? I just don't love the music. I felt like I'm going to get murdered (laughs) for saying that. People go crazy over him. I put him in that meme where it was like, heterosexual male musicians like wearing dresses for photo shoots and so it was like some like rupaul's drag race but that and like kurt cobain was like rupaul or something and i put harry styles in there and i had like all these harry styles fans that didn't even follow me i'm gonna be like you didn't have to do harry like that like why (laughs) harry styles in here it's like because he's the worst offender actually but it's got nothing to do with the gender fluid clothing yeah they're just bad do you think more people need to make fun of the imperfect parts of celebrities so we don't like idolize them to a point that it like blinds us from certain truths like I feel like just people feel like these artists are a representation of themselves they do I wish there was a fucking ounce of nuance in consideration to the discussion of separating the art from the artist like if you don't want to do that you don't have to but I just feel like it leads to this strange mentality these weird parasocial relationships and like absolute confusion that's not based in reality yeah if you're unable to separate the art from the artist and you fucking love an artist so much and they end up doing something wrong i feel like i've seen a lot of people that just aren't able to like juggle this like dichotomy in their head yeah so they end up coming up with excuses as to like why the thing didn't happen like i love this person i think they're amazing and therefore like whoever made this accusation is lying they could have never done this thing. Whereas like, if you're able to admit to yourself like, hey, there's a person behind the idea you've constructed of who the person is in your mind. Like those are actually two separate things. And like, you can admit to yourself that like, hey, I think this music is good. Hey, I really liked these movies, whatever. Yeah. I also realized like, that's still a person who has an entire life that you don't know about that maybe did some fucked up things. And you can still admit like, I still think this is good, but I'm going to condemn the actions of this person. Yeah. But I guess to answer your question, Since my page has grown to the size that it has, it's something that I'm more cognizant of. I have made like a bunch of memes about Grimes, but I kind of feel bad when I'm doing it. It's like, I think she's a great artist. She's actually one of my favorite artists probably of all time. Yeah, same here. Canadian girl. Montreal represent. (laughs) Or is she originally from Vancouver, I think? I think Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. I feel like if you're a public figure, you're signing up for people to have discussions publicly about you. But like me personally, I feel some sort of responsibility now for what I say. Because like, okay, if I make a meme just using a random picture of someone I found on the internet, people always end up fucking seeing it. Yeah. Something I've noticed is like most people don't get upset by it, but people who are very trendy and go through like phases based on like what's cool at the time, they're the ones who get mad because like it's usually an older picture of them. 
And the style that they had at the time does not match the style that they have now. And I think they think it's like embarrassing or something. Yeah. But like, I made a meme about like Andrew Callahan. That was hilarious. But like sensitive to the topic at hand. Thank you. After he starts getting called out, I see all these people are like, I can't believe this. Like, I would have never expected this from him. First of all, why not? Nobody knew anything about him. Even in all of his like many interviews, I've watched so many of them. He doesn't crack jokes. He hardly provides any of his own insight. He's just kind of like a blank slate. You just knew him as the face associated with the show that you liked. Yeah. You don't know anything about him. He didn't put anything out about himself online. There's nothing. So why are you so shocked by this? Like, why did you think he was such a great guy and you're having such a hard time believing he would do these things? It's also like that religious thing. Like, I'm not very religious, but that whole like, have no false idols. You don't even have to be religious, but that's still a pretty good concept to understand. Once you idolize someone, you're making them into some sort of like higher being that's not abiding by the same rules. And I've never really looked at like celebrities that way. I don't either. It's just so confusing to me. Yeah. If someone calls the Strokes Nepo babies under one of my posts, I don't delete the comment because it's like, well, they are. Like, it doesn't say anything about me. It's like, I don't take it personally. Yeah. I just don't feel like it's a reflection of myself. But Maybe some people just feel lost. I think people are absent of something that they kind of fill that void with celebrities and celebrity culture. People in their early 20s, you know, they grew up with social media. They're still figuring that out about themselves. And the way that they're doing this is through their online. It doesn't have to be their persona, but like how they're representing themselves online. Yeah. So I think that they're like, oh, I love the celebrity so much. I love their music or whatever. I relate to them so much. I'm going to show everyone how much of a fan I am of them so I can connect with other people that are similar to me. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I couldn't find the meme of it, but like you are kind of poking fun at Grimes in this one meme. But I remember reading in the comments where someone's like, oh, like, why are you hating on Grimes? And you're like, I love Grimes. Yeah. Referring back to like what I had just said, I'm like, I've never really like idolized celebrities or really even given that much of a shit about them as people. But I feel like Grimes is someone I've watched like a lot of interviews of. She's like one of the only celebrities ever where I'm like, wow, I feel like I'm really similar to this person. Just like when I hear her talk, people tell me all the time, they're like, you sound like Grimes if she didn't have a lisp. Like you guys talk the same way. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I'm just like, do you mind? I'm trying to record a podcast. Sorry. (laughs) Making a scene outside. It's rare that in general where I see another person and think like, I feel like really similar to this person. I feel like we think very similarly. And I felt that way about her. That being said, (laughs) I'm just going to be honest, like whatever. I feel bad. Like I said, I'm more cognizant of like, now that my platform is bigger, some of the people that I want to talk about and feel comfortable talking about, like there's a potential they can like see or hear what I'm saying. Like you don't talk shit in front of the person. Oh my God. Like Andrew Callahan fucking watched my story the other day and I'm like, oh, you probably saw that meme. I think he probably would find it funny. And like, to be honest, he deserves like to be grilled. Exactly. I don't know why I care that much. You're just a nice person and you just care like whether people are going to feel like personally attacked. That's just a normal person with a moral conscience. Exactly. I'm just too nice. (laughs) Yeah. Some people don't give a shit at all and they just unleash their venom. That's true. At least I like try and make myself feel like a better person verbally before I do it. (laughs) But even like we're not talking even really that bad shit about Grimes. Like I love her. Like when I first heard about her going to the studio and like 
being like, no, I want to make my album my own way. And like men are trying to tell me how to do it. Like that was fucking amazing for me to hear. Yeah. I love her. I've watched all her interviews as well. Same as you. I always thought she was very cute and endearing. And you know, sometimes your friends will date a loser and you (laughs) can't do anything about it. And you just have to be your friend's friend and you still love your friend. And you by association kind of have to love their boyfriend too, even if you hate him. So it's like just part of the package. Well, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) All right. So this is how I currently feel. She's a person. She's allowed to go through different phases of her life. And like, sometimes people go through phases that just like, aren't that great. And they get a little like delusional or. Yeah. But some of the shit she said recently, I'm like, I feel like going from kind of like underground queen. Yeah. DIY. Yeah, exactly. Going from that to like getting into like the mainstream public eye, like dating Elon Musk and then everything that's followed. I'm like, man, what are you doing? You seem so (laughs) delusional. Like that one interview where she's, maybe it was taken out of context, but like it really didn't seem like it. But Elon was like, we live in a simulation and she was just like the perfect partner constructed for Elon Musk. And she's like, yeah, actually, it makes a lot of sense. I think so, too. What the fuck is wrong with you? Have some respect for yourself, man. Like, you have accomplished all of the things that you've had, made some of the best music. I don't care. I will say that. Like, I think she's made some of the best music. Me, too. I think she's such an awesome artist. Like, you're going to reduce yourself to, like, a made-up fucking video game character just to be the breeding partner of, like, the cringiest guy on Earth? I feel like at the same time, that is, like, totally a Grimes answer. (laughs) I know, but, like, I don't want it to be. I know. She's not doing what I think she should do. There's a strain on our parasocial relationship because of that. Oh my God, there's one thing she said that made me so fucking angry. (laughs) Was it the Amazon worker or thing? She's like, I went to the workplace and they said they're paid and treated fairly. I'm like, can you imagine Grimes coming up to you at work being like, do you get paid fairly here? Is my boyfriend treating you right? I promise I won't tell him. (laughs) I remember seeing her on Hassan's stream. She's like, I just don't think it's that big of a deal when I'm saying it. I'm just talking. But then like it gets published. And there's like a whole discussion about it afterwards. And like, I wasn't even intending it for it to be some serious thing. That's how I talk. I don't choose my words carefully. I don't even feel like I'm thinking while I'm speaking. They just like come out from somewhere. It's like, again, I relate. I get that and I accept it. But there's like this one thing she said. She was like, I read this article about a man in the Philippines who has been making a living by playing video games because he realized he can make points in the game and then sell them in real life for American money. And she's like, so I had this idea that like in the future, you know, when like automation fully takes over and people don't have to work anymore, everyone can become streamers <laughs> like pretty fucking much. She's like, everyone can just play video games. And then like our actual currency is like the points that you get in the game. First of fucking all, <laughs> if we lived in a, if we lived in a society where nobody had to work and we had the resources to just give away money all willy-nilly based on how good you are in a video game, why the fuck are we doing, like, completely unnecessary work? Yeah. If you want to be, like, annoyingly internet about it, like, isn't that a little ableist? It's just, like, totally (laughs) arbitrary. You know, like, oh, we have the resources to give stuff to everyone, but actually we're just going to base it on how good you are at a fucking video game. It doesn't make any sense at all. If in the future... We get money based on how good we are at video games, and I am screwed. Me too. I'm I don't horrible even... at them. Not even good at Animal Crossing. My boyfriend's like, I wouldn't call him a gamer, but he's really good at video games and plays them a lot. But I'm not putting that label on him. <laughs> and he always tries to get me to play, and like, I'm not going to. I'm just terrified of how like bad I would be at it. I'll play them, but I just won't be good at them. So I think I've been holding on to this like weird fear I've had since childhood, like. 
in sports, I just get like so insanely competitive that like I do way too much and I end up like hurting someone. I don't want to do that. So then for like the rest of the time I play that sport after I've hurt someone, like I don't even try. Like I don't go for the ball. Like I'm not aggressive. I don't do anything. The only sport I was good at was basketball because I used to be able to make this like whistle noise with my mouth that sounded like a referee whistle. The coaches didn't know about it, but the rest of my team did. So like I would do it and the other team would stop and then like we'd steal the ball. And so sometimes I could score, (laughs) but like anything else, I was just like too scared to even try because I'm too aggressive or like I'd play board games with people and I would just get so fucking pissed if I was like, here's the thing is like, I don't think I'm like that anymore. I'm not even competitive with my page. I'm not like a jealous person, but for some reason I still hold on to that with video games. I just find it super immersive and like, I don't get scared watching scary movies, but if I play like a Resident Evil game, I'm like scared shitless. Some of those games are really scary. I like watching my boyfriend, like I'll watch it like it's a movie and then I'm like- Yeah, but can you play it? I can't. I start freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so stressed out. Like even in Animal Crossing, I'm like, oh my God, I'm stressed out. I have to like go to the (laughs) store and like sell all these things and I got to like- Make my house like bed bug free. Like, how do I do this? Like, they have like bed bugs and Animal Crossing. I think you get cockroaches, and I'm like, this is stressing me out. I don't like it. You get <laughs> SARS and Animal Crossing. Something you said actually reminded me of like the other aspect to it is like I don't need another thing to waste my time. Yeah, I have so much shit I already have to do, and I feel like I don't have enough time to do any of it. I do, but I have horrible time management, and I just can't control the camera, and I can't control the movements. <laughs> like my handwriting is disgusting. I can't draw a straight line. My hands shake constantly. And just like trying to move in a video game, like, oh my God, like Mario racing, whatever the fuck it's called, Mario Kart. Mario Kart, yeah, yeah, I just drive off the track like immediately every time and I get so overstimulated and I'm just like, fuck this. And it makes me really upset. You and I are a lot alike in that sense. That's why I picked up bass because I'm like, I need something. Oh my God, I did for a second too. You play bass? (laughs) No, when I was younger for like two seconds and I wasn't good at it. That was really hard for me. I'm like, I'm not good at it right away. So do mm-hmm. I want to keep playing? But then sucks. <laughs> I just kept sticking with it. And, you know, I'm not great, but I'm still That's cool. doing it. Do you play in a band or anything? You're just like, no, I don't. I wish I played in a band. I'm Maybe. sure you will eventually if you want to. Yeah, I want to. I just like, ugh. I know. It's like so hard to find a band and then commit to the hours. and then. But at least you're like a girl bassist. Yeah. <laughs> Probably easier. They're in high demand. Male guitar player. Yeah. Hey, any band looking for a lead guitarist? No. No. No, they're have- not. <laughs> I was going to ask you, though, like, what's your favorite Grimes album or song? Okay. I love Visions and Art Angels probably equally. Me too. I'm a really big, I don't know what, I was going to say, I'm a really big dancer. I, I don't know <laughs> what that means. I love dancing. I like choreograph. Like, I don't even know why it's technically like choreographing my own dances because it's like i just make them up on the spot i'm terrible at following directions like i could never be a tiktoker but like violence for some reason and i think it's because when i was quitting fentanyl (laughs) i was going through fentanyl withdrawal oh no there was one time i was going through like precipitated withdrawal like i was so sick but for some reason when i'd play that song i could do these like what i perceive to be these like gorgeous elaborate dances i don't know there's something about that song and the video is incredible the dance is incredible When I hear that song, I just get like weird, like painful goosebumps all over my body and I could literally start crying. I just think it's one of the most gorgeous songs ever made. But also Kill V Mame. A lot of people say like the lyrics don't make sense. They make sense to me. I saw somebody say that, you know what? It was just the top YouTube comment. So maybe this isn't even true, but I'm saying it anyways. They're like, I thought the lyrics didn't make any sense until I found out they were about Al Pacino as a gender fluid vampire floating through space. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm related to him, by the way. You are? I want that on the record. Yeah. In what way? Like how? If for some reason I was able to go back in time and fuck him, it wouldn't be weird because it's not by blood. I think he's so hot. I don't care. <laughs> but I'm like, he's my family member. I think he's really hot. I just needed to say both of those things. At a dinner I was at recently with friends, my friend out of nowhere was like, you can have kids with your cousin and there's only a 2% increase of it harming your child. Well, that's good news for my second cousin that's always tried to fuck me. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Why were you reading about that? <laughs> I have no idea. I go on Reddit a lot. I'm sorry. Actually, what's funny is like you talked about your origin story and like being related to 4chan and I got severely roasted by 4chan in like 2015 Why? because because I had like a book tube, which is kind of embarrassing to admit, but That's like not. I wanted to like fill this hole that I saw on YouTube where it was like everyone was talking about young adult fiction and I was like, okay, let's talk about like real adult ass fiction. So I was doing like reviews on that, but I also did album reviews and I did a Lana Del Rey review of Honeymoon and that ended up on 4chan and they made fun of me a lot. And I was like so paranoid that I was going to get murdered. <laughs> Honestly, a reasonable line of thinking. Okay, wait, you brought up hipster runoff earlier. Do you remember the hipster runoff article? It was like all over the place when Lana Del Rey first came onto the scene. And it was like an expose about how she was an industry plant and like, they expose like the Lizzie Grant thing. And they're like, her dad actually was like super rich. And he just like dumped all this money into like making sure she became a star. And that like, she didn't write any of her own lyrics and like the image completely constructed for her. And I believed that shit. Yeah. I don't want to. And there's certain artists I don't do this with. Like I love Britney Spears. Me too. I love a lot of pop artists, but it doesn't bother me because it's like, they know their place. No, I'm just kidding. It's like they're pop artists and they know it and they don't try and advertise themselves in anything different. But like I do get bothered sometimes when musicians or artists are trying to like portray themselves as this like really deep, insightful. And it's not them. It's like their record label. Yeah. Like here's this really authentic thing, but actually it's just constructed by a bunch of like 40-year-old guys in like some record label's office. And that's how like they presented her. And I was like, fuck her. I felt like betrayed. I mean, I love her now. Hipster runoff was weird. I just like loved that video game song when it first came out. And I was like, okay, you've won me over. And like, I was also just like really into classic film. And I loved all the classic nods that she had in her music. So she's a great artist. She's got a great eye. I actually kind of prefer a lot of her newer music. Me too. It's like happier. Yeah, it is. It's more positive. Honestly, a lot of the time, I don't really like sad music. It doesn't do anything for me. I don't like wallowing. Me either. I'm not a sad person. I don't relate. Like, <laughs> if you were to, like, mention some bands or some songs, I'd be like, okay, actually, never mind. Yeah, I love them. But, like, off the top of my head, like, there really isn't much. Yeah, I don't really like to, when I'm sad, match my mood with sad music. I prefer to be uplifted or, like... Exactly. Like, I'm not trying to stay like that. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was a huge emo in high school, but... Did you dress emo? I didn't dress emo because, like, my parents wouldn't let me, first of all. Me too. <laughs> so I went to, like, a small Catholic school and then transferred into public school in sixth grade, and I had no concept of style or music or anything like that. It's kind of funny because when I was younger, I would only wear, like, monochromatic sweatsuits. I hated jeans. I hated jeans too. I thought they were, like, sensory, like... They are! They hurt. I always found that wearing black skinny jeans on a rainy day, a humid day, was like the most uncomfortable experience because the way that black jeans are dyed, it makes them more like constricting. They're like crunchy. Yeah. I do own one pair. They're like laced up on the side though, so they don't look too much like jeans, but I haven't worn them in years. I don't even know why I still have them. 
jeans fucking hurt fucks with your like circulation really bad i don't know like my boyfriend always wears jeans and he always has like pain in certain places i'm like that's where your jeans are like constricting you (laughs) and like i've had friends and other boyfriends say the same thing i'm like it's your fucking jeans every single boyfriend i've ever had has started wearing leggings because i turned them on to leggings like every single one that's amazing like this is so much better you're right you're glad that skinny jeans went out of fashion then yeah i used to make anti-jeans memes but like it resonated strongly with a few people, but other people were like, I don't get it. Because everyone fucking wears jeans. Yeah. I can't be like, jeans are bad, right, guys? And be like, no, not really. <laughs> That's what I was saying before. It's like, when I was younger, I only wanted to wear like monochromatic sweatsuits. Very Italian of me. And now I'm <laughs> the exact same way. I just want to wear like the same color and sweats. Like I have so many different pairs of like cute sweatpants. I was so grateful that health goth was a thing health goth really did a lot to help us be able to wear athleisure at work i mean i still got called out for it i had this really nice pair of joggers that were actually from lululemon i didn't buy them just because they were from lululemon i bought them because they were genuinely nice and i got like called in about like my clothing attire i'm like i'm a video editor what the fuck do i need to be dressed up for like i don't need to be wearing a suit so i don't know but if you could like make a meme about one trend, what would you make a meme about? There's a few memes that I'm sitting on. I'm trying to figure out the right wording, but they're not all a part of one trend. You know the page like Northwest MCM Wholesale? Yeah. We make pretty similar content. He's one of my favorite pages. We just did a collab today. I follow their page on my personal. I don't know if I follow it on my indie sleeves, but I should. He's good. But something he does where I'm like, I should do that, but I would just abide by this weird rule where I'm like, okay, I made a meme about this last week, so I can't make a meme about it again for a while. Whereas like he'll make a bunch of memes on one subject and it helps like build it into meme status. Yeah. Familiarizing people with the concept so then they can kind of like understand the jokes better as they evolve. And it just makes so much sense. I'm like, why the fuck don't I do that? Because I'll think of like a ton of jokes on the same subject and I'm just like, well, I already covered it. I have to wait two years. So dumb. (laughs) I'm kind of the same too. It's like if I talk about it once, I'm like, oh, I can't talk about it for like a few weeks now. <laughs> People love a callback, though. Yeah, they do. Like, I kind of feel like I'm just depriving my audience. You should just do whatever you want. I think we should bring back more, like, remember when people used to just post a lot on Instagram and that was fine? Yeah. Why can't we do that? People are like, oh, Instagram's boring. It's like, well, then be okay with, like, multiple posts in one day. Carousel posts, it makes sense. It still makes sense if you just do, like, singular posts, like, one after another, but... I guess like the juxtaposition of like all of those things together as a collective just like makes a lot of sense. It makes me feel more comfortable making a bunch of jokes on the same subject. Like I did that today with him. That's a great meme. Thanks. How did you kind of come up with that idea? I'm a creative control freak. I don't want to be. There's a lot of like meme creators that I like, but there's not too many people I'd want to work with. And there's not too many people that make memes on like similar subject matter as I do, but he does. I just think he's like, a good comedian, a good writer. Yeah. We also have similar perspectives on things and make memes on similar subjects. Last week or something, he posted some memes where I was like, yo, I have some really similar ideas to this. Maybe we could do a collab on them. It would make perfect sense. And he said, yeah. And then we just, I just like sent him some of my ideas. And then like he made one based off like the idea that I sent, put his own twist on it. And then like we each made our own and put them together. It's something I like want to do again. And I want to do with more people. The meme community has been so fragmented, I feel like. There's so much drama. I get a lot of drama on my page and I'm anonymous and I won't even do anything and someone will be fucking hating and I'm like, okay. You really can't avoid it. You could be as unproblematic as you could possibly be. People are still going to start shit with you just because like, I don't know, projection. Well, I think also people just feel like, oh, if someone's doing something that's like similar to what I'm doing, then 
that's taking my role. And it's like, there's enough to go around. There's no lack here. Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. People like imagine that they own this big chunk of turf. Like, don't get me wrong. Sometimes there's been meme pages that have come around and I'm like, you're completely biting. Yeah. They're ripping you off. And it'll be really obvious. And they do it like over and over again. But it's more so just like jealousy. I think that they don't want to admit to. It's like, you're doing something better than they are. Yeah. Or like they think they deserve more credit than you. Like in their mind, like I thought of it first, but it's imagined and they're really just bitter that they're not getting the results that they want and you are. Yeah, exactly. I love the memes you posted today. I just love that the cart bees in every single picture. What's funny is I have like this really old cart shirt and I'm like, technically I could wear it out because my dad was a forklift operator. But you know what? I'm not going to steal the valor. You're a meme Nepo baby. Honestly, I'm just wearing it around the apartment to clean my apartment. But it's like- My boyfriend wears a lot of it. Yeah, it's like a fine brand and it's actually reasonably priced, but it's just so funny. It shows up in every meme and I'm like, you know what? It kind of is like attached to this now. I actually was wondering if you have a favorite meme you've created. I like this series that I did last year, I think. I took a bunch of pictures of kind of more like modern mullets, like hipster fucking mullets. It's like the concept of like, you know, like business in the front, party in the back. Yes. Like business in the front, two semesters of graphic design before dropping out in the back. <laughs> you asked for regular milk in your coffee, but I'm giving you oat milk anyway in the front. You spelled Megan wrong on my grande vanilla bean frappuccino in the back. Political commentary YouTuber in the front, has daddy's kitten been a good girl while he was busy playing WoW in the same room for the past 46 hours in the back? I love those. This one was pretty popular. It was like, who Vice News sends to interview the president? And then it's like two like cross punks. Like the one guy has like a noose tattooed on his head. I actually knew that guy in real life, but I put it in there anyway, because he did like, you know what Fringe Fuckers is? No. It was like this cross punk porn out of Philly. Actually, (laughs) I'm friends with the guy who like produced it. But Vice did an article on that. And then remember the show Freaks and Geeks? I love that show. Okay, so it's like, who Vice sends to interview the president? And it's like these like dirty ass crust punks. And then it's like, who Vice sends to interview cartel members mixing fentanyl analogs in the middle of the jungle? And then it's Millie from uh, Freaks and Geeks. I like that one. I I took like the reappropriated, the political alignment chart, the septum rings owners one. Did you see that? Yes, I've seen that one. That one's That's one of my favorite ones I ever made. I took days on that. What do you think about people getting a septum ring like today? It's an interesting choice. I don't want to insult anyone for it. No, like if they already have it, but like if today they're like, you know what? I'm feeling a septum ring. If you're not like under the age of 23, I'm confused by the choice. But I feel mean saying that. Like, if I see someone with one, like, I don't judge them for it. It's just like, if we're putting it in like, uh, let's analyze this interesting bit of like culture. In those terms, like, it kind of has become a meme. It's kind of become like Mm -hmm. a symbol, like associated with certain things, like blue hair BPD. Yeah, yeah. That's not me (laughs) saying that. One of my favorite memes of yours is the one with Brittany Murphy and Girl Interrupted eating chickens on her bed. But the text that reads like, I just know her Tumblr would have been fine. It would have. Bro. My dad took me to see that movie in theaters when I was nine years old. He picked Why? the movie. I don't know. My dad is silent generation. Like English is not his first language. Why he picked that movie, I will never understand why. One third of the way into the film, he was like, do you want to leave? And I was like, no, I'm super into this. Like I loved it. And then later when I went to university, I think it was my second year of university in my audio class, we had to dub a scene. And- Don't ask me why, but my group, we dubbed the scene where like Angelina Jolie goads Brittany Murphy into like killing herself. I just remember it killed the vibe when we presented it. It was like the most awful scene to dub. Interesting choice. 
But yeah, that's one of my favorites. Her Tumblr would have been fire. It would have. And she'd run like an aesthetic yet poignant meme page too at this point. For sure. But she would have had a fire Tumblr and people would be like, the girl who runs that meme page is that girl from Tumblr. I never understood why she had the chickens under her bed though. I'm like, what is she doing with the chickens? Like, why doesn't she throw them out? I think it was just supposed to like symbolize like her obsession with her father. Yeah, that's probably true. It's like this like, horrible dirty secret that she keeps under her bed out of the like just like relationship with her father that was deep right i feel like that's probably it that's pretty (laughs) deep answer i think that answers the questions (laughs) do you have like any fun stories from this time that i'm covering on my page that you'd like to share i have two my favorite indie band of all time is the unicorns and islands which is like their follow-up and their canadian indie rock band there's so much good music out of canada yeah at least there was. I feel like right now we're in our flop era. But Yeah, I have no clue what the fuck you guys are doing now. But me and my best friend Lana, we we're both huge fans of them. So whenever they would tour, we would go see them. And I was in eighth grade. And I don't think I even had my period yet. I was wearing a baggy shirt from Delia's, like some stupid graphic tee and like some baggy jeans. I looked like a child and I was a child. And we go see Unicorns. Okay, no, no, no. It wasn't Unicorns. They'd broken up by then, but it was Islands. Like the first album had come out. It was in Philly at the TLA. Do you know the band? Yep. This is who this is about. So it was like Islands and was opening and was a local Philly band at the time. Never heard of them. Never heard anyone talk about them. So I'm in eighth grade. I'm a fucking child. <laughs> I'm just trying to go see my favorite band. And I liked Metric too at the time. Mm-hmm. After the show, we were standing outside and then like the band comes out and like he's the lead singer he's a guy with like long really dark hair and he's like sub girl you trying to come back to the hotel room and fuck us <sighs> this is the first time i was ever like really sexually harassed by an adult man oh no yeah he was like drunk and getting in my face and he started calling me like a slut and a whore and a bitch and being like disgusting and awful and a cunt and you were 13 yeah i was either 12 or 13 i was in eighth grade oh my god it was clear that we were children okay yeah i don't remember exactly what he said but it was very straightforward like that and like vile yeah and i was like no and by the way your band sucks your set was (laughs) awful you were fucking wasted and you sounded like shit good for you and he got so mad he's like what the fuck did you say you stupid little slut and he's like spinning on me and then islands comes out and they're like hey leave those girls alone they're cool and she's right your set did suck and they like got all pissed and just kind of walked away and like they were my favorite band of all time you know what i mean so we're like talking to them and they're being really nice to us like the one guy gives my friend his umbrella but then okay so i saw one of the islands guys on facebook and i I remember I was driving to LA. It was not even that long ago. I was driving to LA. I'd been driving for like five hours and I was about to pull it. I was at a Wendy's and I remember they gave me a sandwich that tasted like deer ankles and I was pissed. <laughs> I just was like felt like cracked out from drinking caffeine and I was like, I'm going to message him and tell him that story because it meant so much to me. Yay. So I messaged him and I was like, hey, like I just want to tell you you're like one of my favorite artists of all time, one of my favorite bands of all time and you're responsible for one of the, like the coolest moments of my life and it really meant a lot to me as a kid when you – and I tell the story. And he was like, oh, hey, I'm sorry that ha- that happens all the time. I tell some story and someone's like, sorry that happened to you. I'm like, oh, my God, that's not where I'm going with that. Can we like not? Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm sorry that happened to you, but there's no way that that happened. And I was like, what? He's like, we never went on tour with. And I'm like, maybe you didn't go on tour with them. Maybe they were just an opener. They were just a local Philly band at the time, you know, but like I know for a fact that it was them. I even checked. I'm like, the guy still looks exactly the same. You know, like I know it's them. 
Yeah. And I'm just like, why is he denying this? He probably was like scared and like- Exactly. He's like, oh, well, I'm really good friends with that guy and I know him and he would never do anything like that and we've never been on tour with them. And I was like, oh shit, they're friends. Like, Of course he's not going to admit to that in DMs when I have like a big fucking meme page. I could just screenshot yeah. it and post it and he probably thinks that's why I'm doing this. To be fair, I'm talking about it on a podcast right now. So he wasn't that far off. <laughs> But <laughs> yeah, he probably was like scared. Maybe he didn't even remember, but yeah, that happened so much in that era. And I think people forget that. Exactly. I've always gone to like so many shows, but especially like indie bands, and they would always flirt with you. It looked like a 12 year old boy, and I was ugly. I don't know why the fuck that happened. I wasn't even trying to like look hot for these guys. I didn't even know how to look hot for these guys because I'm sure I wanted their attention. Yeah. I was like, they'll think this t-shirt is funny. Yay. You know, like. Yeah. I loved the All-American Redrix. Like, I actually didn't love their music, but I'm like, oh my God, Tyson Ritter's so hot. He was really hot. Yeah. And so when I was 13, I'd go to all their shows and like, they were actually never, ever creepy. They were always really nice. Shocking, right? Yeah, exactly. So... I'm sorry about that experience, though. That's like sucks because it's like, oh my God, you're 13. I've had a lot of fucked up shit happen, like way more fucked up than that, but it never sticks. Like I can recognize it's a bad thing that I didn't deserve to have happen to me, but like I just don't get traumatized. Lucky me, you know? I'm glad it was me over someone else. Yeah, they probably like either A, didn't remember, or B, were just like, oh my God. She's I think he was like, trying to cover for him. Probably. It's like if you became friends like very shortly after that, you wouldn't remember that you played a show together. You definitely talked about it before. Yeah, that was a very shitty part of that era. I almost got groomed by a fake Frank Sinatra fan made account. Like, I thought it was the real Frank Sinatra. And then I went to my mom, like, oh my God, Frank Sinatra wants to meet me. She's like, he's been dead for years, <laughs> you dumbass. My mom didn't understand what MySpace was. So she was like, what is happening? <laughs> I'm kind of absolutely out of their fucking mind kind of person is out here catfishing teenagers. Using Frank Sinatra, like not even that scene dude, Austin something. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. That scene guy that everyone would like make fake profiles with. Not even him. They're like, uh, what are the teens like? Frank Sinatra. That's what I like when I was a teenager. But it was like really normalized here. I remember like when I was working at McDonald's when I was like 16, there was this 25 year old who like wanted me to come to his birthday party. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go. I have like summatives and exams. The next day when I showed up at McDonald's for my shift, he was there. I'm like, oh, happy belated birthday. And he like pushed me and he's like, what? you didn't show up to my birthday. And I sat in my car alone because of you on Lakeshore waiting for you. And I'm like, wait, we were going to just be the two of us like in your car. And then he got everyone at work to like hate on me. Why did dudes act like that back then? And then people would feel bad for them. I don't know. I remember some of my friend's mom being like, oh, when I was 14, I dated like a 24-year-old and that was like, oh, your mom's so cool. Yeah, exactly. It was cool. My mom didn't, but other moms of my friends would perpetuate this thing where they're like, oh, it was so cool. I was 14 and he was like 26 and owned a car and it was so hot. And I was like, oh, okay. that's how I was in high school. I would always date older guys and I thought it was cool. I thought like it was a sign that I was cool because to be fair, they were hot, but they were losers. It's like he has his own apartment and his own car. And he likes me because he thinks I'm cooler and hotter than everyone else. Like, no, he's just a fucking bum. Yeah. I've said this more than a few times because I honestly believe it. But like, I would never say this as like, a, go do this for yourself. But like dating all these older guys in high school, like introduce me early on to like the ways they try and play you and how they try and get over on you. And like even being a fucking junkie for like a decade of my life. 
I've always had really successful relationships, like no cheating. Nothing. And I think it's because I dated all these douchebags when I was younger. I think for me, what happened was my parents, like my dad brought me to see Girl Interrupted at age nine. I saw all these movies and I saw The Accused when I was 10 with Jodie Foster. And I was like so scared of men after that. I was like, I don't want to be alone in a room with a man. Like he's going to like, <laughs> this is going to be my life. Like I just can't. So Honestly, reasonable. When I watched Requiem for a Dream, my mom was like, oh, this is what drugs will do to you. And then that just scared me so much. That movie made me so hyped to get addicted to drugs. But you know what pisses me off about that movie is like they're getting addicted to heroin, right? And they do that series of shots where like, Anytime they shoot up, they show their pupils getting bigger. When you do opiates, your pupils get smaller. How are you making a whole movie about fucking heroin abuse? Not a single person on set or like in production of that movie was like, uh, you know, that's like the opposite of what happens, right? Yeah. There was no drug consultant on that film. You didn't have just like a junkie on set being like, well, actually. <laughs> Speaking of films, if someone played Joel. Oh my God, I don't know. In the biopic of your life, who would it be and why? If I can go back in time, Winona Ryder in the 90s. I love her. Same. I met her one time and she really? was so nice. Yeah, she asked me if she had lipstick on her teeth and I was like, nope, you're perfect. Where did that happen? I interned a bunch for this channel that did a lot of HBO stuff. And so for TIFF, I got to like shadow the host. I don't remember what the movie was, but Winona Ryder, I think this was like her comeback film. It was in 2011 or 2012. I think it was like The Letter or something like that. I actually haven't seen the film, but yeah, she came into the room and she asked me, she's like, do I have lipstick in my teeth? And I was like, no, you look great. And she was like, oh, thank you. She's like, you know when you get lipstick in your teeth and no one will tell you because they just feel so embarrassed. You're Winona Ryder, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think she's one of the only people where if I met them, I would like accidentally start sputtering and be like, mommy, sorry, mommy, sorry. <laughs> but actually, no, if I had to pick someone to play me in a biopic, it would be her, but like her in Heather's era. Yes, I love that film. It's just rare that I feel like I relate to any characters or like celebrities in general, like not playing a role. But her role in that movie, I'm like, that was me in high school. And we dressed the same. Like hers is like the 80s version of how I dressed in high school. It's so weird. Like same color schemes, like same styles, the same shoes is weird. When I was looking at your page today, I was kind of thinking about like other artists and other generations like Marcel Deschamps, like his Dadaism urinal piece or like the Belgian anti-art like surrealist painter René Magritte. I love Magritte. I just think that those were like examples of people creating art that was kind of a meme. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Do you think people will look back one day Maybe that's already happening. I know there's like courses in universities about memes and stuff like that now, but do you think it will be like a broader discussion and like a more in-depth look into the cultural and artistic aspect and impact of memes and like the people involved? Memes in general, yes. The people involved. I would actually be surprised if in the future people would look back and like study specific meme artists. Memes are like the newborn baby of art and comedy. It's such a new field. Yeah. The few journalists that are covering meme culture and have like since it's unfolded, no offense, but they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. Most of the articles that I see about like current meme culture are just so fucking off base. They credit the wrong people. They like attribute trends that have existed for a long time to like not even just people that have like come along long after but like people that aren't even actively contributing to them yeah and i don't even understand why because it's such a big community and if you just like 
ask enough people, you'll find the right answers. A lot of journalists are equally as clout hungry as these big meme pages. Yeah. And so they're just like, oh, cool. I got this big page to do an interview with me. I want to make them look good. Yeah. I don't even understand why this is still up for discussion. I think even Grimes weighed in on this. It pissed me off. I forget if it was her or if it was it was Elon who fucking said it. He's like, memes are for the people. Like, I don't even understand why people like feel the need to like get credit for their memes. Like, why the fuck not? Yeah. A lot of us put a lot of work into it. And what is the difference between us and any other writer, artist, comedian? Like, they don't deserve credit for their work if they want it. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like we don't even get the same benefits as like most other popular artists, like clout sadly, is our main currency. And then hopefully we can make some actual currency once we get enough of that. Yeah. It just feels weird to try and take credit for something, even if you know it's true. I've had the same issue. Like I started my account in December 2020 and I often get told my Really? Account, I was wondering how you got that handle. <laughs> I don't get credited ever. If you made that account in 2020, you definitely are fucking responsible for like that big resurgence. Oh, so many journalists are like weirdly obsessed with insisting the indie sleaze revival or resurgence isn't real, which doesn't even bother me. What bothers me is insisting it's not real, but then going around in circles just to end up describing that exact same thing being real in their article. Exactly. They'll like cover a new artist or club night that's obviously pulling from the era, but be like, that's not Indie Sleeze Revival. That's actually digital camera, shutter shades, smoking indoors, party photography, 2007 <laughs> and 2023 core. And it's like, it's the same thing. But you hate to complain, right? Because it's like, you seem like a hater. You seem like a whiner. Yeah. And it's like, it just makes you feel like shit. And so you don't want to ask for the credit that you deserve. And you also don't want to cause beef with other people who are like claiming it. Like there's someone who's like been basically claiming that they- It's like you know that nobody cares anywhere near as much as you do. So what's even the point? Exactly. That's what my co-producer always tells me. They're just like, what's the point? No one gives a shit. It's just how it is. Yeah. But yeah, so we got way off track from the original question. I mean, it's all related. I tend to do that. <laughs> so do I. As far as like memes go and like people looking back in the broader discussion, it's like, okay, this might be partially just because of TikTok, but like you'll have an artist like Taylor Swift and she'll come up with a song with the lyrics that are like, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. It's like, you can't tell me that you didn't anticipate that that would become a meme on TikTok. I bet when she wrote that song, she did anticipate that and was like counting on it. Yeah. They're like, okay, this will be good for like a TikTok clip. Mm -hmm. This is memeable. This is quotable. Because that's how you get exposure now. Are people buying CDs? No. But that's why I'm saying it feels just like it's so connected to even the biggest stars of today. Exactly. It is. That's why I'm like, why do people want to downplay like the influence of memes so much in popular culture when like it's infiltrated everything? It's just like that's the mainstream form of comedy in our modern world because everyone communicates on social media. I think people just take it for granted. Yeah. I think it's also because it's a part of something that people are doing mindlessly. Yeah. If you're going to see a stand-up comedy or even like watching it on TV, it's like an active choice and you like think about what you're engaging with, but like you're just on your phone scrolling and it pops up like, yeah, it is entertaining you, but you're passively enjoying it a lot of the time. Like I try to make my memes really engaging. You got to kind of stop and read it, but generally I think that's how people think of memes. Yeah. I actually like want to talk a bit about Instagram because you've been vocal about how Instagram doesn't support its creators, which I agree with. 
What do you think Instagram needs to do better in order to support the very people like yourself that arguably keep people from leaving the app and going to TikTok? Instagram is like the final frontier of actually connecting with people that you know. Twitter only had 118,000 blue checkmark verified accounts last month. That's not shit. Yeah. Facebook, nobody cares. There's yeah. still some people on it, but nobody gives a shit. And then there's TikTok and YouTube, which is about consuming content. And Instagram thinks that TikTok's making so much more money than we are. We have to be like them. Here's the thing. You're never going to be TikTok. Yeah. I don't even really go on it, but like their algorithm is objectively like incredible. Like they can really nail your interests and show you shit that you want to see if you engage with it enough. Yeah. Whereas Instagram, they censor the shit out of anything that isn't G-rated, there's only like a few topics that are allowed, really. It's like cars, girls, makeup, food, puppies. <laughs> Instagram used to be like flourishing with new content creators, like really unique, fun, interesting, engaging content. But they're just like, uh, this is too much of a threat. It's really the censorship that is the problem. And then like Maseri, he needs to be villainized just as much, if not more, than Mark Zuckerberg at this point. He's the CEO of Instagram. Like yeah. nobody really wants to put the blame on him. He was working at Facebook right around the time of like the election where there was a lot of like fake news that started coming in and certain things being promoted, other things being heavily censored, a lot of their lawsuits stemming from that. And then he moved over as the CEO on Instagram in 2019. 2019 is when everything went to shit. Yeah. Ever since he's been in control, things have gotten progressively worse in every aspect. And for what? They forced reels down our throat. Yeah, they did. People were like, we don't like reels. The reels are stupid. They're not anything that I'm interested in. We like seeing pictures of our friends. We like seeing memes from people that we follow. Like we follow people for a reason and you're not showing us any of their accounts. You're just showing us these reels. You remember when they tried to like, they were like, we're going to add suggested content to the feed. I, like not everyone's account got updated, but it was like half and half. No, I had that. I was like, wasn't oh. that the worst shit ever? It was. It was unusable. The guy just needs to fucking listen to the people that use his app. He's like, the stats show that you're watching reels. You're spending more screen time on reels. That's because you're only putting reels in the feed and you force that to happen. Yeah. And a video, yeah, you're going to stare at that longer than a post because you can read a post in two seconds, but a video, you have to sit through the whole thing to watch it. Stop paying attention to numbers. Clearly it's not working. I mean, like ever since they started doing this, they started losing new users for the first time ever. The numbers started to go down. People fucking hate Instagram now, but it's like yeah. I said, it's really like the only app that has any promise if they just go back to the way it was at all for like engaging and feeling connected with people. Like I said, TikTok and YouTube is all content creation. You're not like having conversations with people. You're not like connecting with other people. You're just like a passive observer. Not everyone wants to create content either. Like not exactly. everyone wants to create videos, but they take pictures on their iPhone or whatever of day-to-day -day things that they like to post on their page. So it's like, do you not get that? You really think like static images are going to become a dead medium? Why yeah. would that ever happen? Do you think people don't want to read words anymore? You think people don't want to like engage in conversations on like things that they're interested in and like with people that they know? That culture does not exist on TikTok and you're trying to turn the app into a shittier TikTok. Why would that ever help you? Like recognize your place and try and like be the best version of that. Like, just be yourself, man. It's like the Jimmy World song, The Middle. Just be <laughs> yourself. Doesn't matter if you're good enough for someone else. 
But also it's like for work, I have to create stuff for different social media platforms. And arguably TikTok is the most like tedious and exhausting. It is. There's a lot of work that goes into that. And not everyone wants to do that. Exactly. And I also think like Instagram doesn't make it easy for like users to monetize on the app either, which TikTok does better. And then also like I got banned over Halloween I just had a post flagged and then there was a glitch and I couldn't log into my account. And luckily, shout out at Handy Cam Repair. He sent me like this whole thing that people discovered through trial and error that you had to like log in multiple times on your internet browser into Instagram in order to fix the glitch that has you unable to access all of your accounts features. They also just like fired a shitload of people at Instagram like a couple of months ago. I think it was like 7,000 people or something. It's like, okay, so you're going to be even less accessible. Like they don't have a customer service email. Yeah. They don't have a phone number. They don't have anything. It's impossible to even like reach out to somebody. That glitch that you were just talking about has existed since at least last March. And when did you say it happened? Like November? Halloween weekend of this past year. That was affecting a ton of people. It happened to me. It happened to so many people that I knew. And it's been brought to their attention. There's people that are constantly tweeting about it. Well, you have to do these convoluted things. There's like one where you can like, contest the like ban and if you do it like 22 times in a row it can gain you access back to your account it's like these convoluted ways to like at least people are finally figuring them out i think 2018 was like peak instagram for creators the shadow ban system would only last for two weeks usually like it could last like a month or two but it wasn't permanent you could tell you were shadow banned because it was like you would get zero on explore every single post and you were banned from hashtags but now i've been on some form of ban since September 11th, 2019. But it was over a glitch. They said my post went against community guidelines. And overnight, my engagement was cut by four fifths. And it's been like that ever fucking since. And I got in touch with someone who works really high up at Instagram. And he gaslit me over the phone for an hour and a half just being like, there's nothing wrong with your account. I don't see anything wrong here. I'm like, you can't tell me that. I can see my stats. Yeah. And suddenly I get zero on Explore. It's not even it's like low numbers, you know, like comparatively, like my likes compared to my reach are good, but you killed my reach by four fifths. Yeah. So no, like this is not me. He's like, the shadow ban isn't real. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. And then they had this thing called the meme summit, right? And basically what it was, was like a pizza party for when everyone at work wants to quit. They invited all these meme people and they're like, you're going to want to go to this. It's going to be a lot of fun, but we're also going to like give you some really important news. They had Mark Zuckerberg come and talk to us and some fucking hero unmuted their mic and was like, why don't you take us all a fucking shadow ban? He was like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> so the only information and important news they gave us in between like really unfunny jokes was that, oh, hey guys, a lot of you in here have reached out to us and said that your accounts were shadow banned and we told you we were looking into it and- We couldn't find anything, but oops, we realized we were just looking at the wrong set of data and you guys were shadow banned. Sorry, um, we're going to fix that for you. And then someone who works in like social media, not with Instagram, but like for Sprout, they told me that at that point in time, Instagram, like I forget if it was 200,000 accounts or like 20,000, but it was like they like hand selected like all of these accounts, including everyone who was in that event meeting, whatever the fuck that was, pizza party, and unbanned all of us immediately. So it's like, okay. Clearly, it's as simple as just like a click of a fucking button if you were able to do that for all of us instantaneously. And during that time, my account was operating like normal, like anyone else's for like the end of May until October of like 2021. Yeah. And during that time, my account grew by like 30,000 followers. At this point, there's all different types of bands. Like they don't come out and admit it, but I've proved that they remove followers. They remove likes. 
They'll hide your name from the search bar. They'll make it look like you're not shadow banned. Like they'll like let you on explore a little bit, like a hundred on explore. Yeah. It's just so you can't be like, I'm shadow banned. See, I'm getting zero across explore. It's just way more sinister. Like, ugh. It's not good. And especially when you're on Instagram or TikTok and you see like mommy bloggers with breastfeeding videos, which I'm all for normalizing, but then it links to their OnlyFans. And I'm like, I don't know. Something feels very wrong here. I've posted about this a couple of times on my story. They may have toned it down since, but like this shit was really disturbing. So my boyfriend hardly uses Instagram. So his algorithm is just like set as generic male. (laughs) After he scrolls a little bit, It'll show like six reels in a row. Is yours like that? Yeah. Okay. The suggested reels. Mine's not like that. His reels will be all like hot girls doing like really sexual things. But then like two of them will be like eight-year-old little girls in bikinis like dancing and twerking. so creepy. Oh my God. It's disgusting. There's like a video of like a little girl like dancing really – like I don't want to say slutty because it's a little girl but like someone is making her dance really sexually. Yeah. And it's like Instagram is marketing this as like sexual content because like why would he get videos of little girl children in bikinis sandwiched in between like girls with their legs over their head being like when you could feel it deep down in your guts like shit like that yeah and i started posting about it and i had literally hundreds of guys message me being like oh my fucking god i'm so glad you're talking about this because i get this too and like it's not anything i'm doing i'm not looking at anything like this but like i get all these screenshots and it's just like disgusting and i look at the comment sections and it's all pedophiles instagram is actively promoting that but they can just pretend like, what? It's just a little girl dancing. What's it's wrong educational. With that? You're the problem for sexualizing it. And it's like, no. Like, no, you filtered your algorithm in this really specific way. But like, you know, legally, you couldn't get in trouble for it. But like, you're going to ban people for like mentioning 9 11, Columbine, or drugs. Like, I got fucking post deleted again. I distribute Narcan and fentanyl test strips, like using my platform for free. Yeah. It's a good thing to do. Yeah, that's a good thing to do. And they banned me, said I was selling drugs drugs like no i'm not they're like no this goes against guidelines yeah i just don't really understand why there's no protections in place for kids or children and like their identities and what's shared online like it feels like there should be an age limit to what you can show online the algorithm can tell that these are children yeah it shouldn't be promoted period in my opinion it shouldn't be promoted period but also like why can't you just make it so like people that are over the age of 18 can't interact with pages of people that are not yeah My last question for you is like, what do you hope people take away from your account and viewing your memes? I really just want to like make people laugh and have a good time. And I feel like I'm putting perspectives out there that other people aren't. I don't place too much importance on the things that I say, you know, like a lot of the stuff that I joke about or have commentary on, it's not that serious. But like, I feel like a lot of the times everyone else wants to talk about stuff that is so serious. And it's not like I won't speak on politics or like sociopolitical issues in general, but I really don't want to say anything unless I have a way to say it that I think is really entertaining and is going to make people laugh. It's fun for me to do. I enjoy doing it. I like thinking that this is like my current role in society. Yeah. It's not all about me. Yeah, I'm the one doing it and I get to like reap the benefits of it, but I want everyone else to feel like they get something out of it too. That's just how I want to make people feel all the time in general anyway. And it's like, cool, now I get to do this like on a big platform to like people I don't even know. I get to make their day better or whatever, give them something to talk about, give them something to think about. I guess that's really it. Those are great answers. Thank you so much, Joelle, for joining me on the pod today. And for listeners, make sure to follow Joelle at namaste.at.com. 
home.dad on Instagram. And keep a lookout to see if Joelle's art is featured in a show in a city near you, as Joelle has her work featured in a lot of art shows, which I hope to see one day. So see you later. Bye. See you later. See you later.